Snow is falling all around. I wish it was, because then I'll be out there sliding the car around in donuts. <laughs> anyway, must be another witty 924. Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome back to another episode, the Christmas episode, or should I say actually Boxing Day? <laughs> Give or take 24 hours, eh? All the same. But uh, yes, I hope you are keeping well and safe out there. I um, wanted to get a final episode in before the new year arrived with us. So that would literally mean I've done one episode per month for the year. So it started with good intentions. Yeah, one a week. Whoa. Big, big uh, commitment there, but I ended up doing one a month. Now, that's not a bad thing. We can only get better. So what has been happening? So a quick update on the car itself. Some of the work that I've managed to get done before we just went into the Christmas festivities and obviously lockdown as well. It's sort of part and parcel these days, isn't it? So yeah, I'll give you a quick perspective on where I am with that and then we'll look at some of the winter jobs. I know I touched on some of that, but I've I've built out the list a little bit more and I've had a little bit more time to think about what I potentially could get done in the next, uh, I don't know, sort of six to eight weeks while the weather's sort of against us, which it generally is in Jan, February in the UK. And then finally, I think a little bit of an update on some of the Porsche news that I've seen in and around. Uh, some good things, actually. It's uh, When I say Porsche news, I mean, generally I look for Porsche 924 news, but I widen the scope to include all transactions or tran <laughs> tran <laughs> you can't talk i haven't been drinking honestly so yeah the, the the sort of 924s 968s 944s all of those generally um there's a bit of news that you know brings them all together great but uh, i generally try and focus on the 924s when they happen if they happen if anyone's brave enough to write about them that's good so let's let's just touch a little bit on the car itself so you'd be pleased to know the car drives in a straight line. That's right. It's not crabbing. It's not doing any of the crazy stuff that it was prior to having the four-wheel alignment. I've uh, finally got that done. What can I say? What a transformation. Honestly, I, I, you know, if you get the chance to drive a transaxle Porsche that has generally well-looked-after suspension, you know, that, you know, the, the component pieces have been looked after renewed and bushings are good and it's had its full wheel alignment front and back all to sort of factory spec what a car like honestly what a car i think um porsche did so many things right back then and uh th there's so much um I, I think talk in general about you know whether the 924 was a good car whether it was really a porsche but look there was so many things they did right with what they had at the time you know the oil crisis hit the the project was cancelled originally vw that had an access to a parts bin of stuff but the way they put it all together you have to commend them uh honestly i mean if if you get the chance to get up close to a 924 uh of early times you know this the 70s through to the early 80s even like the early 944s you get up close to these things and then like lift the bonnet or get the car up in the air and just see how the setup looks i mean it, it is pretty impressive what they they managed to package into what really is quite a small package by comparison of today's size of cars first and foremost when you open the 
bonnet, you look at where the engine is placed, you know, from side on. The front part of the engine, I would say, what, maybe the first one cylinder, maybe a little bit of the second cylinder sit level just in front of, of where the suspension struts uh, are situated. So as you look back or, or move your eyes back across the engine from a from a side angle, you'll see that almost, you know, three quarters of the engine, two thirds maybe, however you want to cut it up, sits behind the struts. Um, that that in itself is sort of the expected from sports cars today. When I say expected, it's generally the best place to put a front-engined sports car or put the engine when it when it's front-engined. Uh, if you look at any of the big sort of uh, high-end front-engined supercars, you know their engines are right behind generally the the front struts. So it's all about you know whether it's a front mid-engined or rear mid-engined you know that that's that's generally game now not only did they put the engine way back uh, behind those struts they then decided to actually put the gearbox itself right at the back of the car i mean literally it couldn't get any further back <laughs> the only thing stopping it going further back is the the well that's built into a 924's boot area which holds the spare wheel and if you think oh well, let's let's think about the the size of that minor one eight five seventy fourteen rim. So that's about the size and a little bit more just to fit it in. Obviously, that uh, you have at the back of the car, so right up it to the the end of the bumper sort of thing. And uh, if you get your head underneath the car, the first thing you'll see right next to that uh, that sort of curved of the the boot area where the the spare wheel fits is the gearbox. It sits there nice and heavy connected to each side of the gearbox are your drive shafts for your rear wheels. So you've got this great sort of lump of weight just behind the front struts, and you've got this great weight sort of overhanging the back axle or behind the back axle, so sort of really pushing down on your rear wheels. And then you've got this this torque tube joins them together, you know, the engine and the gearbox. And uh, again, itself, the, the torque tube, not necessarily masses of weight, but it's still weight and it's very low down again uh, within the car that uh, packages, you know, your, your full drive system there. Now, that really what is what gave the, the 924 and uh, I guess, you know, the later 944s, 68s, all of that, the, the great sort of weight distribution. So when you get your wheel alignment done on these cars and the suspension is top notch, what a great experience and uh, it doesn't matter if you moan that the engine isn't powerful enough or wasn't porsche and you know it wasn't designed or built in a porsche when i say designed put that aside it wasn't built in a porsche factory all of that because it wasn't until the 968 came along that they actually moved production the 968 then was was actually produced in a in a porsche factory the ones beforehand were built out of uh, audi factory but uh, I, again like you just can't deny that these cars um for what they represent and how old they are are just a great driving experience you you feel honestly when, when i had the wheel alignment done i picked it up it's a miserable, cold, wet day, and immediately the car was transformed. It felt completely different. And I knew like the car was way out anyway from all the suspension work I had done on the car previously. But honestly, what a change. From the moment I started steering, there was this fulfillment of confidence within you that you could actually take the car on a, a much more aggressive cornering stance. You could really start feeling the wheels 
and just everything underneath you moving in a way that was more predictable, more precise, and uh, just again that sort of confident feel as you as you drove the car. So yeah, I pushed it a little bit harder in the wet. Yes, the the back end slid a bit, but it was all very very easy to manage. There was no sort of hair raising moments where I just thought, okay, the car's lost <laughs> i'm lost with it it was very very uh, you know manageable now in, in addition to that with everything aligned my brakes which um weren't necessarily spongy but they were they were definitely uh feeling a bit strange when you put your foot on there was uh the, the feedback wasn't what i was expecting with all the work that i had done not not saying that i've you know changed the the discs which i know are probably the main fault but um the the, the braking was much more sure and, and i think you know that's because everything's aligned. So when you brake, everything is, is braking in the same direction with the same feel. And, you know, you haven't got any of these uh, movements left or right, or as I had before the, the alignment was done. So overall, the whole package completely changed. So I recommend if you have a 924, a 944, and you haven't had a wheel alignment done in a decade, just go and get it done. Honestly, it is well worth the money. 150 quid plus VAT uh, for, for me. Uh, so, you know, it works out 50 quid a wheel. Yeah. What they check is the the caster, camber, the toe, drive thrust of your rear wheels. So everything is aligned. And I think the, the biggest surprise for me and the guys who actually worked on it, the uh, he, he's been a specialist for 35 years and uh, runs a specialist garage, which is very, very popular in the UK. They obviously had the special tool to do the certainly the the back part of the car so on the torsion bar and eccentric uh, plates that are set up on the 924 that's what they trained on i mean it was it was it was great actually taking the car down there because everyone started crowding around and going oh we don't see these many you know much uh, much around and you know they commented on how good the car looks and uh, the one thing they just said to me is like we just because you're not a hundred percent sure of the history of the car over 36 years, whether it's had a, I don't know, a minor knock and things are out um, on the back end. You know, I don't know. I, I can see that everything looks straight, but you just don't know uh, until you actually put it on a four wheel laser alignment system. And uh, they were surprised themselves that they actually got everything within factory spec. If you look at the printout before and after everything was red before, uh, and everything was green after, like every single box. Uh, three boxes per wheel, and then two boxes for the drive, the, uh, I guess, the thrust and the drive uh, position of uh, the back wheels and, and so on. So I think everything really has come together great, and the car really does feel amazing. So well worth the money. Uh, if if anything, it's, um, it's something you must do if you've done any type of suspension work to your car as well. So well, well worth the money. Uh, next things, the winter jobs. So I have started the winter jobs. I actually kicked off uh, a weekend or so ago, which uh, I'm just actually finishing off the editing and stuff for a YouTube video, which should be out in the next week. But um, this is, uh, again, hey, look, the podcast is getting uh, the exclusive, the time. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, the prime time, as they say. So I actually tackled the timing belt and fan belt, which uh, on the 924 2-litre engine, is a joy like honestly it's it's a super super easy job to do they're not then they're non-interference engines so from from that perspective you don't have to worry too much if you get things wrong you just have to realign everything without the worry of you know pistons and valves hitting each other and all of that good stuff so anyway the idea is that you get uh, the usual things lined up you know top dead center everything you undo the pulley and uh 
you slide the timing belt off and you put a new one on. And if you are changing the fan belt as well, uh, one thing that I do, because it makes the job a much easier job rather than getting under the car and loosening off the alternator, I actually just undo the pulley for the water pump. And uh, that allows you to just then slide off the fan belt and then take off the timing belt behind it. And then the reverse uh, is, is how you fit the new timing belt and the pulley. Now, when you fit the new timing belt and you, you tension it all up, you can obviously turn the engine uh, to make sure that everything is working as it should. Uh, likewise, when you fit the pulley back for the water pump, when you turn the engine, you can actually rotate that fan belt on at the tension that it was before. And that's uh, that's just a neat little trick that um, I've learned over my ownership of the car. Uh, it just saves messing around with you know, loosening bolts and tensions with, with the alternator, which is obviously an under-the-car job type setup. So that... Um, that was great. Now, one thing I will mention on the pulley, because it's, it's, it's one of those topics that uh, comes up a lot. You know, generally when you own cars like this, a lot of the work you, you tend to, to do yourself and it's great for learning, but it's also, you know, nice to put your uh, effort in and then see the fruits of your labor pay off. And uh, the interesting thing about the timing belt is the original pulleys that were used on 924s. I can't comment on the others, but with the 924 two liter engine, there was sort of a holding bolt and then uh, another bolt attached to that, which the way it works is you put a spanner on one bolt, tighten up the other bolt, which is the holding bolt. And uh, that allowed you to also set the tension of the belt itself. And uh, when you set the belt tension, you should be able to not turn the belt if you hold it between your fingers more than 90 degrees. So it's sort of like a 70 degree thing just for tension's sake. But um, with all the new pulleys now, you don't have the, the bolt setup. So one of the confusions that people look at when they see the new pulley is that uh, think, oh, okay, not the same. Uh, how does this work? And how do I you know, get the right tension on the belt? And there's lots of different ways. You know, some people will jam a, a big sort of large screwdriver underneath the pulley and like lift it and then tighten it off. But ideally what you, you should do, and if you can find it, is, um, is a pin wrench. Basically it comes with, with two pins, that uh, slot into two holes on the pulley itself, which allow you to hold the pulley in place while you tighten up the bolt uh, and get it to the right tension. Now, it, it's a difficult one because they're not um, necessarily yeah, widely available in, in terms of knowing the fitment. I can just talk to my own, which is you know the two holes on the pulley were about 18 millimeters apart, give or take, and uh, the holes are about 3.5 millimeters each. So most of uh, the pin wrenches you find out there are for angle grinders, so changing the discs on angle grinders. So the idea really is uh, if you can buy one of those and if you've got a grinder of some sort, you can just lightly grind down the pin sizes, you know, to get your 3.5, which slots in nicely, you're good to go. What I've done is I've bought an adjustable pin wrench, which, uh, I don't know, it was a fiver hardly anything which which generally is for a grinder but they go from 15 mil to like 52 millimeters wide so you can you can change obviously the the width apart of the the two pins and then uh, just lightly grind down the pins so they fit the holes and, it, and it's done the job perfectly so it allowed me to hold the pulley in place as i tightened up the the timing belt i i ran into what is an issue that you shouldn't really run into but old cars you do and uh if you want to know what i ran into check out the video it'll be around in a week or two so it's uh yeah an interesting play to the fun and frustration of classic cars 
anyway, so that's done. That's one of the winter jobs. The other things, um, as you know, I, I touched on breaks and all of that stuff. But I, I have decided now that um, interior-wise, I am going to try and get those front seats repaired in some way, shape, or form and try, I guess, to save as much as we can of the material. And I don't know how they will do this, but um, I'm just currently talking to a couple of uh, places that do reupholstering of, of seats in general. Uh, they, they, the front seats need new bone. That, that's uh, that's a given. But where the split between the leatherette and the 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 um, actual material of the seat or the fabric, I yeah, I just I, I want to be able to save as much as we, as we can because that material is is uh yeah it's just not available or i can't find it anyway so if it is available it's the gray beige champagne type color with the porsche embossed logo that runs through the the fabric if anyone knows of it out there give me a shout drop me a message um but i can't find it anywhere and the sources that i've spoken to they say it's you know it disappeared several years ago so i want to try and save as much as i can and just get the front seats the rest the rest of the interior is fine you know absolutely perfect i guess if they can do the seats and they can save them the one thing i want them to also do is just re-leather the steering wheel as well because that could definitely do with the job and that really then brings the car back to i guess the the best good known state of originality for the interior oh the, the one other thing is actually the glove box so because obviously the dashes on all these were sort of a vinyl uh the glove box vinyl is peeling off and, and cracking just at the bottom so it's one panel dark brown vinyl which i'm sure they can match in some way shape or form and uh get it redone so that is that and then i do have like i think 99 percent of porsches out there of this era the famous cracked dashboard mine isn't too bad to be fair it's got two very small cracks that have gone through where the air vent blows onto the windscreen and a slight one just towards the center speaker that's it really and there's nothing i mean they can get a lot worse than that but um it is what it is dare i say it's a bit of character so yeah those those are some of the things that i'm in a position now to sort of move on and get cracking with through jan feb and ideally i'd like to try and get the seats done as well during the winter period so just working through that we'll see where we get to so on to porsche 924 news and i found a cracking little article done by inside hook i have no idea <laughs> what they are it's just a google search that's generally how i start off by looking for the news and just seeing what has been published in you know the prior four weeks and this one has come up top trumps inside hook they have done a great article really about how transaxle porsches have been underrated for so long and i think they've covered this article really really well so it covers all of the 924s 944s 968s and uh, arguably they've really touched on a lot of the stuff that uh, i've talked about very much through all of the podcasts i've done this year but um it's a really good, I think, easy to read, comprehensive piece about the 924 into the 944 into the 968. And uh, I think the, the bit that really stood out for me, and I won't ruin it for all of you because I'll leave a link into the actual article 
so you can have a look yourselves. But I think the real standout for me was how they they spoke about the 924 in particular and where the spectrum of the 924 has gone over the last, I would say, maybe five years or so. Uh, before that, I think it, it's arguably uh, a car that you could pick up pretty cheaply. Those days, I think, are slowly diminishing. So here they just talk about the spectrum of the 924 and the ones that generally were quite sought after were the very, very limited edition versions. So you could say the 924 Carrera GT, uh, the Carrera GTS and the Carrera GTR, which um, they just touch on a little bit here, were in many respects very far and few between. And if one did come up for sale, then they were generally hitting numbers that most 924 owners could only dream of. I think it, it really is quite astounding. So uh, Sotheby's sold a 924 Carrera GTS, uh, earlier this year in 2020 and it uh, reached quarter of a million dollars so obviously that is uh in the us you know writing this article is from inside hook which i'm guessing is more uh stateside across the pond with our friends there so you know give or take 200 thousand pounds i would say is uh, the figure there and currently, if you, again, look across the pond to Porsche in North Houston, you will see that there is one of the 17 924 Carrera GTRs. Whether it's 17 or 19, that was the question. I've seen both 19 and 17 mentioned in, in previous uh, bits of pieces of news that I've seen. But uh, that's currently up for sale for $925,000. So, yeah new heights for the 924 and certainly some of those very very special limited editions if uh, you are a proud owner of one of those well done <laughs> and uh, with that i uh, will say thank you very much for all of the support this year thank you for those who have listened to my podcast watched the youtube channel and followed on instagram as i've tried to bring my 924 back to life and uh, have really enjoyed the experience of learning how to do things on the car as I have been restoring it. And uh, now it's on a on a much better place. Well, I say now, it, it's in a much better place because it's now road legal, it's on the road, but I have a lot of winter jobs to get through, ready to get it uh, alive and kicking even more so in 2021, hopefully, when the world has the chance to maybe go back to a little bit of normality fingers crossed with that thank you enjoy the rest of your christmas and festive break and may i wish you all a very very happy and healthy new year in 2021 take care now